Chris Lee and Blaine Gilmer of Southeastern here to preview the game that, my goodness, we've been building up to all season, Blaine. Alabama and Georgia in the SEC title game, I guess the preseason prediction for most people was that Alabama and Georgia would be the teams here. Certainly Georgia in the East was everybody's pick, and, and either Alabama or LSU in the West. But in any case, here we are. Alabama is a five-point underdog with a 56-point over-under as we're doing this on Sunday night. That makes for a predicted final of Georgia 31, Alabama 26. Other computers and sources of interest, Jeff Sagarin has got this as basically a pick em. If you want to be technical about it, he's got Georgia favored by about a quarter of a point. ESPN's FBI favors Georgia by a point. SP Plus favors Georgia by seven. Team rankings, Georgia favored by three. Blaine, Georgia's not lost in an eternity. Alabama has not lost since the Texas game. Maybe the two best programs in college football meet in Atlanta, and I cannot wait to see this one. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, and the last team that Georgia lost to was this Alabama team in the in the SEC championship in 2021 before their streak started there in the playoffs thereafter subsequently beating the Alabama team to win that first national championship in 40 years. So there's a lot of familiarity here. Uh, there's a lot of pride on the line here between, you know, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban always like to pull out and say, well, it's not about us. It's about the players and things like that. But there's some personal pride uh, on the line when it's, you know, pupil uh, versus, you know, the student and teacher and things, things of that nature. So there, there's that element of it as well. And these two teams, Chris, other than, you know, since Alabama played Texas, I would think it's fair to say Alabama has not faced a team the caliber of Georgia and Georgia probably hasn't faced the, a team the caliber of Alabama all year long, uh, quite honestly. So it is going to be a stiff test for both. And I think it's going to be interesting to see who rises to the occasion in such a big, big time atmosphere. Yeah. Alabama has not played the schedule that Georgia has. It's been much tougher. Georgia's has been easier, relatively speaking, but look, Georgia just makes a lot of stuff look easy, but Alabama has been playing for its life since the, the Texas game, since then bowl teams, it has beaten Old Miss, Texas A&M, Tennessee, LSU, uh, Kentucky, and Auburn. So that's that's a pretty impressive gauntlet that the Crimson Tide have run with its with their backs to the wall. Yeah, and you can't – I always say you can't use the transitive property in football. You can't yeah. say, well, this team did this in this scenario because there's different scenarios, different health of teams and all this kind of stuff. But there are four common opponents between these. So you can go back and say, well, how did Georgia and Alabama both do against Ole Miss? How did they both do against – Tennessee, how they both do against Auburn. Uh, you know, I mean, there, there's there's different ones there in Kentucky as well. Um, and similar results on those different ones, except maybe the Tennessee would be the one outlier there. And Ole Miss, it was a much different Alabama team when they played Ole Miss. So uh, you can go back and do all that kind of comparisons. But one little note here right off the bat, Chris, before we get into the X's and O's and all that kind of stuff, Alabama has never lost inside of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Wow. It has been a it has been really really good to Alabama, and that includes a couple of victories over Georgia in that environment. Uh, of course, a national championship game in the 2017 season, the 2018 CFP national championship game, 
then the 2018 SEC championship game, and then, of course, the 2021 SEC championship game. So Georgia looking to get over the hump when it comes to beating Alabama in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I think it's against the rules when you own a Mercedes-Benz dealership. You can't lose in the stadium given the the name of the the For car sure. manufacturer, right? I think that's how that works. Absolutely. But anyway, there's got to be a deal there. Yeah. All right. Our preview presented by Bet Online, the last of the major pro sports leagues, is off and rolling. College basketball is ready to go, and here as well, Bet Online remains your top spot. For all your live betting action and contests, NFL, college football, UFC, NHL, all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's start when Alabama's got the ball. Crimson Tide averaging 35.8 points a game. Georgia giving up just 14.3. Alabama is running at 58% of the time, getting 5.4 yards per carry on rushing plays. Georgia giving up 3.8 on passing plays. Again, sacks are passing plays. Alabama getting 8 yards per play. Georgia giving up 5.6 and Alabama turning it over just 1.3% of the time. Georgia forcing turnovers 2.1% of the time. This is going to be a wild game because Georgia can get after the passer and force turnovers. Not normally it's MO, but it's been more of it this year. We've talked about Alabama's troubles in giving up sacks, although the offensive line has played much better lately. You've got the dynamic of Jalen Milrow, uh, just the rushing quarterback. I'm not sure how many times Georgia's faced a, a guy like him this year? I, I know you probably know that off the top of your head. And, and Georgia's defense, uh, it, it's not the star-studded household name bunch that, that maybe we had a, a couple of years ago, but still as good as anybody in the country. I can't, cannot wait to see how this one breaks down on the side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the mobile quarterback element, and I think Georgia experienced some of those headaches against uh, Georgia Tech a little bit with Haynes King, who's a 4-4-40 yeah. guy, can can really run. But the running element of that, there were some triple option elements of that, that that Georgia Tech was doing to Georgia that gave them some fits and and some different you know formational things that – you're not going to see against Alabama. Alabama's going to play a little bit more straight up. Uh, they're going to they're going to run some gap stuff and things like that. But the thing that that you saw out of Georgia Tech and and things that you also saw out of Auburn, um, Peyton Thorne, a guy who gave gave Georgia some 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 troubles with his mobility, his athleticism early on in the season. A lot of the read game involved in that. Alabama's not doing as much read. It is more predetermined either. Either Milrow is going to give it or he's going to keep it. But I think once some of the bigger matchups in this game, Chris, in terms of this side of the ball, when Alabama has the ball, of course, everybody's going to say, well, Milrow and his legs, and everybody's going to say, you know, you got to stop Jason McClellan, and, and then Jermaine Burton's their number one target. But there's some key players that you need to watch in this one and some key matchups, and that would be Chaz Chambliss, Marvin Jones, Tyke Smith, Smile Munden, guys who are responsible a lot of times for the edge and for setting the edge for Georgia against Robbie Utes, C.J. Dupree, Kendrick Law, how they're used in Alabama's run scheme. 
because if you go and watch film, the when they get on the edge and when they're able to block things on the edge and get to the perimeter, which Alabama can do and they want to on some of these design designed runs to the quarterback and also some misdirection look type stuff where they'll have uh, counter blocked one way, counter tray where they're pulling Proctor and they're pulling a guard over over to the right, but they're having Jam Miller or they're having uh, Roy Dale Williams or they're having Jason McClellan go on a, on a speed sweep to the left. It is one-on-one blocks out there with that star position where Tyke Smith is going to be playing and where Robbie Utes is going to be and where a bunch of these – different guys are going to be trying to win one-on-one blocking matchups and then who can fill over the top uh, with Malachi starts. Can he come down and make sure he, he makes some tackles. And then when you do that, Chris, and when you start to, you know, deploy those hats down into the box and try to try to get that advantage and prevent Alabama from beating you on those perimeter runs and things like that. That's when those shots over the top happen. So I discipline, and one-on-one battles on the edge are going to be huge in this game. Alabama is one of the better teams in the SEC at creating explosive plays. Um, 71 plays of 20 yards or more. Georgia is one of the best in the country at preventing explosive plays. Only 35 plays of 20 yards or more on the season. So it's an intriguing matchup and some fascinating inside the the X's and O's matchups there when you get into it between Georgia and Alabama. Well, one other thing that stuck out to me as you were reciting Georgia's defense there, it, there may not be a Jordan Davis on this team, but, man, a lot of those guys have played just a ton of big ball games, SEC championships, playoff games, and, and that's one thing I'm curious to see how that translates because I'm not sure Alabama's offense has got the number of players who played for those kind of stakes. Yeah, I think that two players that you're seeing that have been around for a long time for Georgia maybe haven't been the headliner names, but they've played in key moments are Nazir Stackhouse and Warren Brinson on the defensive interior are playing tremendously right now. And the way that Georgia's off defense is designed is to plug the middle first, make sure you do not run up the middle on them, spill everything to the outside, and then rally to it with speed The problem that Georgia has had is that the freshman linebackers on the inside uh, have played a step slow uh, at times. They're still growing up and learning with Jamon Dumas-Johnson. Now, I've not heard anything about the the prospect of could he possibly come back, could he cast up his arm, things like that. He had a fracture in his – in his arm uh, back, I believe, the old Miss game. So I don't know what the timetable is on that, if he could try to cast it up, club it up and go or something along those lines. But C.J. Allen and Raylan Wilson are going to be guys who have to step up that haven't played a lot. But guys who have, that you mentioned, you know, when you're talking about Chas Chambliss, he's been around forever. Uh, he's playing really good football right now. And Tyke Smith is finally healthy and playing uh, playing really well, so it's gonna be it's gonna be lots of guys. Robbie Utes seems like a guy that I've heard Eli Gold say his name fifty million times. Robbie Utes coming through there for uh, for Alabama, so it seems like uh, he's been there forever. And Dupree's a guy he hasn't been at Alabama forever, but he played at Maryland, had great success. So, and then Kendrick Law has just been getting better and better. So I think those matchups right there are something I'm very excited to see. Um, in this game and you'll know early on who's winning those by a hey, what happens on the edge are they able to keep contain of Jalen Milrow because that's another thing too Georgia can get after the passer like you said but you don't want to be too aggressive 
they showed some looks against Georgia Tech, kind of testing things out where they used Raylan Wilson, a true freshman from Florida that can absolutely fly. Number five, watch him. He could end up being a spy on Jalen Milrow in this game. Auburn had success on Milrow when they were disciplined with their spy in that game. And LSU, we saw in that game, LSU failed to have a spy several times, and Milrow ran absolutely rampant on them. So it'll be interesting to see how Georgia approaches it defensively. Okay, let's look at the other side of the matchup when Georgia's got the ball. That offense averaging 41.1 points a game, Bama giving up 17.9. Georgia running the ball 52% of the time, 5.7 yards per rush play. Alabama giving up 4.9 there. It's very un-Alabama-like. Passing plays, Carson Beck has been tremendous, 8.7 yards per passing play. Alabama has been elite against passing, 4.9 yards per passing play. Bama forcing turnovers 2.2% of the time. Georgia coughing it up just a 1.6% rate, which is very good. Alabama is going to get after you with Braswell and Dallas Turner, all those guys, 39 sacks, but Georgia's giving up just nine. That is incredible, incredible. And we've noted how they've had some injuries on the offensive line. They had some switches against Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, this side of the matchup also very intriguing. And Georgia really, we quoted those running stats, but it seemed like those have gotten really even better in the second half of the season as Georgia just is running the ball at kind of level that it did it did a year ago. And then, oh, by the way, Carson Beck has just been phenomenal in all their big games too. Yeah, Kendall Milton has been unconscious lately. Uh, but He's running behind – the offensive line has always been – really good but having a Marius Mims back full full go and and being his his old self again uh is huge for this team I I anticipate that you're going to see Tate Ratledge be able to play in this game if he's got any chance of being able to play he's going to give it a go and then that would put Xavier Trust back at the left guard which is really Georgia's best lineup uh going throughout um, on that offensive line and the way that Kendall Milton is running. And then, of course, Dejan Edwards, we know what he's able to do for Georgia, providing kind of a change of pace. Dylan Bell has uh, kind of become a guy who, okay, so Brock Bowers, Ladd McConkey, and Ra-Ra Thomas are not going to play in this game against Georgia Tech. Who's going to be our guy that we're going to go to and feed? It's going to be Dylan Bell. And he had a game against Tennessee where he threw a touchdown pass. He caught a touchdown pass. I mean, he's been he's been all over the place uh, for for Georgia the last couple of games, and that is a guy much like Kendrick Law for Alabama that is an X factor in this game. When you have a healthy Brock Bowers, who Brock Bowers will play in this game, Lad McConkey will play in this game, barring something just crazy unforeseen happening. Uh, they're they're going to play. They were more so rested for that Tech game. They knew that probably midweek that that uh, now hearing things coming out afterwards that they knew they were going to rest these guys. Ra-Ra Thomas, who knows on that, but Georgia is so difficult to stop. Chris, you, you talked about it. Carson Beck, on third down, Georgia's converting 56.55% of the time, Chris. That is unreal, unheard of, and it's almost to the point now where Carson Beck is, if you, you're, you know, Danged if you do, danged if you don't. If you pressure him, he's going to find a, a person to replace it with, and his receivers are experienced enough to know where they need to be. Dominant Lovett had a big game um, with those other guys out, so there's just weapons after weapons. But Alabama is tremendous in the secondary, except there were some busts against Auburn. Now, 
think a lot of that had to do with that Auburn, you know, the, the forward pass is almost like a trick play for Auburn. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's not expected a lot of the time. Uh, they, they, I think they only had six, six completions on the entire day. So it's easy to kind of get lost. It's kind of like playing a wing T team. You get lost and boom, there comes that deep waggle over the top, but like you see in high school games and stuff like that. So they did get lost a few times, but they're very talented on the back end. I think Deontay Lawson is playing tremendously I think up front, they get pushed around a little bit at times, and I think uh, that's where Georgia could lean on them a little bit. Um, so my question is, I know that as we talked about Alabama, what Milrose able to do, what Burton, what uh, Isaiah Bond, Kendrick Law, all those all those blockers on the perimeter, and then Jace McClellan, I know Alabama's going to get some points, and they're going to get some yards and things like that, but my question is, can can Alabama stop Georgia from just cons- consistently going down the field? Can they force them – to turn the ball over because Georgia has, again, other than two games, Tech and Auburn, those are the two games that Georgia turned the ball over. Can they get Carson Beck uncomfortable and get to him, force that pressure because Georgia prevents sacks at a great rate, like you mentioned. So it's going to be a strength-on-strength matchup when it comes to these two, Chris, in terms of how how they operate offensively and defensively. Yeah, wrapping up a couple of loose ends before we make our picks, you mentioned Georgia's rate of protection. Georgia's had this year, what, 501 pass plays, nine sacks allowed. That's crazy, crazy, yeah, crazy. Really good. Uh, I mean, that's that's almost impossible to do in this day and age. All right, we always talk about some other factors. Not, nothing really jumps off the page. Uh, both teams fairly disciplined. Georgia giving up 45 yards of penalties a game. Alabama giving up 50. It's on a neutral field, so I don't know that that's really going to play in special teams. We always talk about both these teams are elite. You've got Georgia special teams are ranked number two by SP+. Alabama's are ranked, let's see, I think it's four. Yeah, that's correct. So, yeah, but both teams, these are just two very balanced teams. All right, Blaine, I'm, I'm going to make my pick, and I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of reasons why. Um, Number one, the, the win streak. Was it 29 now? Georgia just has not lost in so long. It has established itself with apologies to Alabama as the premier program, not just in the league, but the country. And I'd look, and, and again, this is some of this is schedule. Alabama's played a much tougher schedule, but Georgia's offense getting 7.2 yards per snap. Alabama's getting six and a half. Uh, the defenses are about the same. In fact, they're both giving up 4.9 yards per snap. I would argue that Alabama's is probably better given the schedule, although Georgia's got that weird thing of, you know, sometimes it shows up to play, and then when it really matters, it really shows up to play. Uh, But I I just think statistically taking a look and looking at the recent history, I think this will be a barn burner going into the fourth quarter late. But I like Georgia to win just based on the fact that I just think everything points to them being a little bit better than Alabama at this point. Could be wrong, and that's why we watch. Yeah, I think uh, that, like I said, I think if there's one thing I'm sure about in this game, it more so than the outcome is, I think it's take the over because I think there's going to mm-hmm. be some points scored in this game. I think both of these offenses are going to – I think both these offenses are going to have some some things that they can exploit uh, on the opposing defenses. Um, another thing that I think I'm fairly certain that in this, in this game is that I think that Georgia – when they haven't been in years past in any of these prior matchups with Alabama, this year they are an offensive-led team. Carson Beck, Brock Bowers, 
Kendall Milton now, what he's doing, that offensive line, the the cavalcade of weapons that he has on the outside, I think it's going to be too much for Alabama to consistently stop. Uh, I think Carson Beck is more ready for the moment than Jalen Milrow is. Um, I think, like I said, it's going to be a tough game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a field goal game either way. But I think when it comes down to it, you're going to see a Georgia team uh, that is confident that is going to be able to 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 run the football to start off with and then get those weapons going, whether it's it's Bowers, McConkey, all those guys experience. But one thing you need to watch out for early, okay, watch out early and see is who which team is able to set the edge because both teams play a similar style of defense that they want to spill everything to the outside and then they want to rally with their speed. Who is able to get the edge, whether it's Arian Smith on some kind of end around or a jet sweep for Georgia, or whether it's Kendrick Law or Isaiah Bond being used on the perimeter. One of those two things, if you see that happening early, that could be an indication of a team starting to get a little bit of advantage there. But I like Georgia to win. I like Georgia to win in a close one uh, here in Atlanta and hand Alabama their first loss in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, you, you mentioned take the over here. This is kind of interesting. If, if you look at what the team's – scored and gave up this year the over under if it replicated that would be 54 and a half it's 56 here so it's kind of interesting too yeah Yeah. i mean it's just two two defensive oriented programs you usually think alabama georgia defense low scoring but to your point the last few times they played last year uh georgia 33 alabama 18 that's 50 what 53 point 51 points excuse me Time before that, 2021, Alabama 41, Georgia 24. That's 65 points. Same score the last time they played in 2020. 2018, Alabama 35, Georgia 28. So that's what, again, 63 points. So, yeah, I mean, the, the over is as is, is much as these teams are defensive-oriented, and it seems like this happens in college football in the playoffs. These games just bring out bigger risks and more points, and so that would seem to support your, your thought there. Yeah. Elite, elite offensive playmakers. Everything, yeah. the, the yeah. bag gets emptied here, Chris. And, and that's yeah. the other thing, too. Georgia has won a lot of these games stress-free. Yeah. And Georgia has not had to use probably a lot of what it is practiced all throughout the year. There's going to be some wrinkles for both of these sides. And I think Georgia's could end up being some home run shots similar to what, what we saw in the Ohio State game last year. Um you know, for Georgia in the playoffs. So this is a playoff game. I don't think the the loser gets into the playoffs based on how it's going. So this is a playoff game, and I think Georgia wins to get into the CFP. Well, one more thing. These defenses can both produce points, too. Get get after the passer, force a fumble, um, you know, get get a pick six, those kind of things, too. So sometimes that factors into the, the scoring as well. Could here, although both teams are pretty decent about taking care of the ball. In any case, thank you for watching our preview of the SEC championship game. We got all kinds of basketball coverage and stuff going on at the channel right now. So subscribe if you have not. God bless you all. Have a great weekend of football watching. And thank you for watching Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.